morning. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Great. Me too. So if you have your Bible, please open it to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Really excited to be with you this morning. <laughs> and uh, the past couple of days, I've been meeting some of the um, church members here, and it's just been nothing but delightful and loving and kind, looking at you, <laughs> looking at you. Um, so let's, uh, let's read the word of God. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I, t I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because you are here and you are alive. We thank you that your Holy Spirit dwells in the hearts of each person in this room. We pray, Lord, that today that you would wake something in us and that your truth would be seen and that it would set us free. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you because you are Lord of Lords, but also Abba Father. We love you and in your name I pray, amen. So about um, a month and a half ago or so, I was eavesdropping on my parents and uh, they were talking about how unfortunate it is that they can't join um, and come during this weekend, GIC weekend. And um, you know, I popped in and I said, well, maybe I could help you, maybe I could speak on your behalf if you'd like me to, five or 10 minutes, just presenting what my dad does with ministry. And my dad got so excited, he pulled up the laptop immediately and emailed Reverend Marion saying, you know, maybe I can't attend, but I cannot attend, but maybe my daughter can. And, uh, and she was excited and everything was great until a week later, Reverend Marion emailed me saying, I just want you to know what you're getting yourself into. You're going to be preaching a sermon on Sunday. And I laughed for a good 10 minutes like, oh, there's no way I'm going to preach. How am I going to kindly draft a rejection to this? Um, and look at me now, <laughs> preaching. Um, so I say all of this um, really to say that I've never done this before, and good luck um, hearing me today. But, but really, it's lovely because I've been learning so much in the last month and a half 
uh, I found myself diving deeper in the word and seeing things I've never seen before, and it's actually been really delightful. Um, and more than anything, I'm realizing that in my weakness, he is my strength. And so that is my prayer today, that he would be the one speaking. Um, and so as we dive into this passage, we're finding um, in the beginning that this is kind of a different chapter. So there are different chapters in, in uh, Matthew 9 and 10, Mark 6, even Luke 9, the chapter right before this one, where Jesus is sending out messengers to go and speak his word. But this is a very unique passage in the sense that it, it's not just the 12 disciples. It's a large group of people. It's 70 or 72 people that are being sent. And um, there's a significance to the number of 72. Some people point to Genesis chapter 10 in the Old Testament where there's a genealogical framework where Noah's sons are to repopulate the earth. And so they're not just called descendants, they're called nations. So uh, the imagery here is to, to kind of understand that 72 is a number that is huge and significant and it's, it's, it's the Lord calling out the church to the nations. Um, and so as you hear the sermon today and as you kind of listen to what's happening, keep in mind that this is for you. It's not for the select 12. It's not for just the missionaries that perhaps you're supporting. This is actually for you. Jesus intends to send out large groups of people out. Um, and so I'm really, you know, I was listening, I was kind of reading through the whole two by two thing. I'm asking the Lord, why two by two? And there are things that have happened personally in my life where it was just wonderful serving with a group of people, um, some of which are my parents and my brother. And uh, I want to put a picture up of my dad, who um, is in the middle. And I don't think you can really see him that well. But he's actually in the middle. And these are all kids around him. And he just does this thing. He goes and he sits down on the floor with them. And I can tell he struggles when he gets up, because I think he's getting old, but don't tell him. And <laughs> But he's so loving, and there was something about me, um, so there's something about me seeing my dad serve in this way that is so inspiring, and, um, and I think the Lord intends to have us in groups for that reason. So um, about a couple of years ago, my brother and my parents and I went to Haiti, and within the first 30 minutes, um, we were in a car, and my phone was on my lap, and the, the window was down a little bit. We were in a moving car in the middle of a crowded area. And out of nowhere, a hand is reaching out, reaching in from the window and grabbing my phone and taking it. And it took me a second to re register that my phone just got stolen. Um, but I was devastated. It really was like, how am I going to survive in this week in Haiti without my phone? Uh, I, where, how am I going to scroll? Like, who, what, you know, what are about my friends? I need to talk to them and tell them about what's happening here. And it was just really devastating in that moment. But then um, it actually ended up being the best thing ever because there was no distraction. And I got a chance to get much closer to my parents and my brother. We went to a church in Jacmel, Haiti, and um, we were serving uh, a meal to the kids and to the families in that church. And so my brother and I were together, you know, putting the plates on the table uh, to make sure that people would come and eat. And we started recognizing that, um, you know, there's rice, there's beans, and then there's chicken drumsticks, but the meat part isn't there. So it's basically rice, beans, and bones. And we're like, what's happening? You know, what's going on here? So we go back to the kitchen, and we see that the women um, that were serving the food were actually taking the meat and saving it for later. Um, and I just remember being broken at the sight of that, that there's such a limited amount of meat that there's this feeling, oh, I need to save some for later. Uh, and I remember being broken with my brother together. And there's just something about being side by side, 
when we're serving and being broken together that brings us closer to one another, but also it's just about being the body of Christ. And so um, I want to also say, though, that um, I was praying a little bit about this and asking the Lord about it. He reminded me of um, John 14, 15 to 17. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. And so, actually, we have the Holy Spirit, and actually, when it says two by two, it's, it can be you and the Holy Spirit. He is your companion. He is your guide. And so, you're actually never doing service alone. Um, and Honestly, there have been such good times that I personally felt as I served the Lord by myself in complete isolation and complete loneliness. It's when my right hand didn't know what my left hand was doing that I felt in service to God that it was truly out of humility that I wasn't performing uh, to someone else. And so, so, you know, the two-by-two two thing, don't get too, you know, bogged down about it. It's not about being in a group. It's not about being with just one more person. You can be alone. The Holy Spirit is with you whether you're alone or in a group. Um, but there is a sense of urgency here with the harvest. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so there is a sense of urgency. You must go. And, and Jesus is saying, um, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so this word send out um, is actually, in Greek, it's called ikbalu. And it's mentioned in a Psalm uh, twice in different chapters. So I'm going to read it out, and as you, as, you, as you hear me, think of that word sent out and how you are supposed to look like as you're sent out. Um, oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. And in another psalm, it says, Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they smoke. Make the lightning flash and scatter them. Send out your arrows and rout them. So this, this sending out that, the, that Jesus is talking about isn't a hesitant, slow, like, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. It's, it's kind of like a bullet leaving a gun. It's kind of like lightning striking, right? It's, 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 uh, or, or thunder striking. It's something different. It's something that when it goes out, it actually transforms the environment it's going to, and it doesn't come back empty. And so the Lord intends on sending us, sending us out in power. Uh, one of my favorite verses is, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-control. And so some of you here are really called to, be, you guys are meant to be sent out. And he's saying, I'm not sending you out in hesitancy. I'm sending you out in power and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, he, later, he later mentions um, about we are lambs among wolves. And this is kind of, right, he's, he's just saying straight, it's going to be difficult. You're going to face some rejection. You're going to face some hardships. You're going to face some persecution. Um, when I thought about what a lamb really is and what it embodies, it embodies uh, innocence, sincerity, vulnerability, non-resistance, non-violence, peace-loving. Um, the church in Egypt is oftentimes persecuted, whether it's through bombs or church burnings or um, ministers are targeted or whatever it may be. And just, uh, you know, this past November an incident happened that was really tragic and um, 
for Christians there, they, the way they responded was so powerful to me. They sang a worship song together in the congregation on Sunday. And uh, the translation of it is, the church isn't afraid of death. It's a heavenly church. The church prays, forgives, and loves. Lord, open eyes and minds. Let your love dissolve the harshest of strikes. And so these are lambs. These are people who are oppressed and persecuted, threatened to die. I mean, some of them do die. And yet they're coming out of it and they're saying, we're not afraid. We're actually going to pray peace and blessings over those very wolves. And so sometimes we think, oh, these wolves are these external enemies. They're going to attack us and, um, you know, we need to pray against this in the name of Jesus. But actually, maybe it's these wolves that we're called to speak to. And maybe it's these very people who we think are the enemy that need to hear the word of God. Um, so later on, you know, he's saying, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, greet no one on the road. There's a sense of simplicity. Um, in Egypt, when we greet each other, it's not a, hey, what's up, bye. It's more so, let's stand here and talk about the, the, the details of our lives with each other. And uh, let's have, you know, chats where we sip on tea and talk for two hours. And this is expected. It's actually a little bit offensive if you don't, if you don't prioritize a relationship and if you don't really say hi to every single person once you enter a room. I mean, obviously, if it's that many people, we're not going to say hi to everybody. But the idea is you're prioritizing relationship. And Jesus here is saying, greet no one on the road. There's no time for distraction. Be single-minded. You have a mission. You have a focus um, that I'm sending you out on and, and focus on that. He, he tells us not to hold a purse or a bag and it's kind of like a symbol. He doesn't want us to think about accumulating wealth or savings account, what's happening there. Um, and, and it's kind of to go back to the earlier point about being lambs among wolves. Notice how he didn't say you're going to be lambs among wolves now. Make sure you arm yourself with weapons, and how are you going to defend yourself? No, he's saying, actually, don't carry anything with you, for I am with you, right? So you, um, it is, it's, it's kind of a different mindset from, from what we think, where, whereas our natural response is, how, how can we just go without anything? Um, and the Lord is saying, you know, you must trust that I will provide. Um, so later he's talking about saying peace, right? So he, they go, you go in, you say peace. And, um, and if the person responds and if, if, you're, if they're offering you hospitality, they're giving you meals, uh, then you, you want to remain there. And so I was thinking about who are persons of peace. And um, I remember about 10 years ago, I was in Egypt as well, and my parents and I went to the Red Sea just on a casual weekend getaway. Um, and I just remember looking at the sea and looking out at the water and uh, remembering the verse in Habakkuk that talks about, for the knowledge of the glory of God will spread like waters cover the sea. For the knowledge of the glory of God will spread like waters cover the sea. What does that mean? I'm looking at waters and they're essentially all sea, or the sea is all water, and it, there's no difference between waters and seas. And so this is the glory of God. This is how it's going to spread on the earth. And I remember just being so awestruck and asking the Lord, God, I want to see that. I want to see your glory spreading um, like waters cover the sea. And I want to see every tongue confess, and I want to see every knee bowing. Um, and so the next day, after this really like good prayer, the next day uh, I went to school. And uh, this was back when I was in high school in Egypt. And um, 
one of my friends came up to me and she goes, you know, Lydia, I have a lot of Christian friends, but I just realized, like, I don't really know what you believe in. Can you share with me? Um, and I just remember feeling, like, immediately remembering the prayer I had just prayed and that the Lord is faithful. And it's not that people have heard the news and decided, no, I don't want to really follow that. It's that they just haven't heard. And there's actually a harvest where people, like, people have not heard, and the Lord is sending out messengers to reveal that word. Um, Another occasion, it was that same time, uh, t about 10 years ago, it was my last day in Egypt. I had a 2 a.m. flight, and uh, I decided I'm going to go to church. It's my last night, you know, the last thing I'm going to do. And uh, I remember after church, I was headed to the bus to, to go back to where I used to live. And, um, and as I was about to enter the bus, I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, not yet, not right now. I'm like, okay. So I, you know, come back down. I walk, take a walk in the street. <laughs> I buy some chips and I eat them because I'm usually always eating. And, <laughs> um, and then finally the spirit said, okay, now you, you can get on the bus. And so I got on the bus. And by, that, by then the first couple of rows were already taken. Um, usually those are reserved for women, just sexual harassment and stuff, but so I wasn't able to sit in the first couple of rows as I usually do, and I just sat in the middle of the bus. And a couple of minutes later, a woman and her husband and son come on the bus, and uh, she sits next to me, and her son and husband are across, and uh, she's fully covered, fully veiled. So we have different types of coverage, uh, veiling or hijabs in Egypt. Some just cover their hair, some don't cover their hair, and some actually cover their whole body. Maybe you guys have seen pictures of that. And so she, she was one of those, and there's a minority of them that are dressed like this. But she sits next to me, and I'm thinking, okay, great, you know, this is great. <laughs> and we start having a conversation. I don't remember about what, and I don't remember who started. Um, but there, it's common practice when, when uh, people are speaking uh, to kind of recite maybe Quranic verses or to mention a prophet, and then it's, you're supposed to respond with specific phrases. And so she kept doing that, but I wasn't responding with the phrases, like I wasn't saying anything. So she could tell I just wasn't Muslim. Um, so she, she got close and she's like, are you not Muslim? I said, no. And then she said, what are you? And I'm like, Christian. Um, and she looks over at her, her husband and son just to make sure they're distracted and looks over to me and comes close and whispers, can you tell me about Jesus? And, um, and I think this is what a person of peace looks like. It's a person who's been seeking or wants to know truth, um, but just nobody, no laborer has gone and said the word of God, that the kingdom of God is near. And... Um, I remember that day specifically, I, the way I responded to her, I just remember speaking Arabic Bible verses that I didn't know I knew. And so the Holy Spirit, again, who is our companion, he speaks through us in these moments and in these times, and uh, he really does equip us if we're willing to, to be responsive and to, to go out. Um, and so really there are three aspects to um, <laughs> declaring the, his kingdom. And so the first of which is, you know, he said, eat what is offered you. And he says, heal the sick. And then we are to declare his kingdom. And so um, when he's saying, eat what is offered you, I just, he's saying, submit to their culture. He's saying, eat what they eat. Spend time the way that they spend time. Have a relationship with them over, um, over, over a meal. Share with them something that, let them be the provider. Um, we oftentimes go into missions thinking like, 
we're going to provide, we're going to be the saviors, we're going to be the ones who are doing all the work. And we don't give the uh, recipient the gift of giving um, because it's actually more blessed to give than to receive. And so we need to uh, surrender that. We need to surrender that mindset of like, I'm coming here to save. It's really not at all like that. Um, and Jesus is saying, you're depending on them for your survival, right? Feel, like food, you're not going to be packing food with you. And that's really hard for me because I really love food. And so, it, you know, the idea is um, that we're depending on them for survival. And that's huge. And that's being vulnerable like a lamb would be and like he was. The second thing is healing the sick, which is involving acts of mercy and justice. Um, it talks to our role in being aware uh, about the systems of oppression and injustice that are happening to those that we're uh, serving. It's not just uh, going in and preaching. It's also being aware of what their physical needs are. Um, there are people that need your attention and your love and, and a reflection of Jesus' love beyond just saying his, the truth, but in also acting his love uh, through alleviating hunger or disease or fighting for basic human rights uh, of those that we're encountering. And so, um, and then lastly, we are to declare the kingdom of God is here. And notice he says, when you, uh, when rejected, you still are going to be proclaiming the kingdom of God is here. So yes, you're leaving. They found out this is not a person of peace. You're leaving, and yet you're still declaring the kingdom of God is near. Um, and so rejection is inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, and, and actually, later on, the disciples go back to Jesus, and they're so happy. They're saying, Lord, even the spirits are submitting to us in your name. And he, say it's, he says, that's great, but rejoice don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so it's a reminder that even our missions can be successful. But if we've lost touch with the Lord, if we've lost touch with the relationship that we have with him, then is it really worth, you know, are we really operating out of his spirit? Um, so rejoice more that you get a chance to be doing missions side by side with the Holy Spirit um, more than the success or the lack of success that's happening. Um, and so, you know, if we go back to the, uh, you know, who, how many people he sent, he sent 72, a large group of people, that means he's not just talking about the select missionaries, he's talking about all of us in here in this room. And um, the passage starts with, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, and so part of me is like, okay, after what, let's go back to the verse, the, the chunk of uh, chapters before it, and it's actually the part where Jesus is, uh, you know, he's being approached by people who are like, I want to follow you. Or he's approaching others and he's saying, follow me. And there are all kinds of excuses to why they can't. Oh, I'm sorry, my dad just died and I need to bury him. Honestly, that sounds like a really valid excuse for me. <laughs> but, um, but Jesus is saying, you know, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Um, and so... But this is a little different, right, from this passage here, because this is about following him, whereas the passage we just, we just went through is about going ahead of him and preparing the way so that his glory would come, making us space so that he could, his presence could enter. And so I think that what the Lord wants to say to some of us in this room is, you've been following me. 
you've been following me for a really good time and for a really, uh, and, and doing really great following me and denying your cross and picking up your cross and following me. But now I'm calling you to be sent out. Now I want you to prepare the way for my coming. Now I want you to sow um, seeds of peace and of love that righteousness may spring up. And, uh, and I hope that we can be reminded that we're not just to follow, but we're to also prepare his way. And, um, and if you're still thinking, you know, like, I, I don't know, I don't even think I really truly follow him. I don't know if I really qualify. Um, you don't even know the kind of person I am. Who am I to even speak his word? Um, I just want to share a tiny story about a woman in Egypt in prison um, that I got the chance to meet with one day. A couple of months ago, I had a dream. Uh, I was in Egypt. And I had a dream of a big hand, like open like this, with water in it. And um, it was crystal clear water. And I just saw myself going in and drinking from the water and feeling so much peace and a release of any anxiety and just full satisfaction in that moment. Um, and then I saw a multitude of people coming and drinking from that same hand and feeling the same thing, uh, feeling that satisfaction. Um, and it was just, it was beautiful. And I kept thinking about this image and this dream. And about a week after I had this, uh, this dream, I went to prison ministry with my church. And so we usually go to the men's prison twice a month and then the women's prison once a month. And so this time it was time to go visit the women. And I'm, you know, I'm going in there, I'm thinking, how can I serve them? How can I love them? How can I pray for them? And uh, I met this woman, her name is Josephine, she's from Kenya. She has a life sentence uh, in Egypt because of drug trafficking. And, um, you know, and the idea is we're going to specifically foreigners behind bars because they don't have any family in Egypt to visit them. And so we're their only family visiting them weekly and providing them things. And, and so I got a chance to sit down with Josephine and we talked about um, different things. And she had a Bible in her hand and she was wearing a necklace with a cross on it. And she just opened the Bible and she just began talking to me and preaching the word of God to me in a way that is so powerful. And I just remember sitting there and everything shifted like, oh, I'm not here to do anything. I'm here to receive. Um, this woman who has been in prison now for five or six years and has her whole life ahead of her is preaching to me the word of God in a way that is touching and in a way that is powerful and full of truth. And um, after we were, you know, it was time to kind of conclude and pray with each other. And she goes, oh, I just have one more verse that I want to share with you. And so she opens Proverbs 21.1. And it says, in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels towards all who please him. I'm like, wait, that's really a familiar, familiar, familiar image. I think I just had a dream about this, and it was really encouraging for her to know that the Lord is speaking through her. It was really encouraging for me to know that the Lord actually, this image was from him. It was something that was really encouraging for the both of us, and so we held hands. She began to prophesy over me. She began to pray over me, and she's just encouraging me with verse after the other, and then the guards are coming in, they're whistling, you know, like, it's time to end the visitation, like, enough, enough of this, whatever you're doing, stop it. But we don't, and we go for five minutes, and we don't even hear the whistles. We're praying. We, the Spirit of God and the presence of God is here and here and now. And um, 
And I just remember people looking at us like, these people are crazy. But it was beautiful. And so the point here is to just say that Josephine is fit for service. You are fit for service. Um, We are called to go and we are called to be sent out. And I challenge you, especially this week, within your circles, there are persons of peace that you haven't found yet, but they are there. And the Lord is saying, go. Um, And so I pray that you be receptive to his calling. And um, I pray that you would see that you have the greatest companion with you, who is the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you, God, because you are so good. Thank you because you do not leave us alone, but you provide us with everything we need. Thank you because you've challenged us today, including myself, um, to let go of, of our own ways and to remember that your thoughts and your ways are way above ours. Let us humbly accept what you have taught us. Let us receive what you have for us. May we this week be your blessing to others. In your name I pray, amen.